Hello, and welcome to Pod Rocket. I'm Brendan. I'm on the engineering team here at Log Rocket, and our guest today is Amanda Gianelli. Amanda is a software engineer at Auth0 and a core team member of Redwood JS. Redwood is a modern full-stack JavaScript framework. In one of podcast's very first episodes, all the way back in 2021, we talked to David Price about Redwood and the future of Jamstack. At the beginning of April, Redwood hit its 1.0 release, and so we thought this would be a great time to check back in on the project and hear about everything that's happened leading up to that milestone and, and where you all are headed next. Amanda, it's great to have you. Thanks for joining us on PodRocket. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I thought before we dive into Redwood and, and all of that stuff, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and who you are and, and how you came to be involved with this project? Sure, absolutely. So um, in early 2021, I was coming back to work for my maternity leave and I had said, oh, let me get involved in like open source now because I hadn't done that. I was a .NET developer for over 10 years and I wound up attending. It was the Daily Dev's first monthly dev meetup and David Price gave a little bit of a kind of, oh, what would you call it? Like a overview of Redwood and, and a kind of a demo. And I, it was the first time I said, oh, wow, Jamstack seems accessible to me. Because as a backend developer, all of like the front end JavaScript stuff got very confusing and Redwood just made it so easy that I just had to get involved. Um, and the rest is pretty much history. I started interacting with the community. And next thing I knew it was be a contributor and then it was be a core team member. So it's been a really fun ride so far. So you hadn't even worked on a, a full stack JavaScript framework at all at that point, you were coming sort of purely from a .NET background? Yes, 100%. I was, in, in fact, that's why it was so weird for me to fall so in love with it, because I was like, I don't like JavaScript. That was like my thing for like over 10 years. I don't like JavaScript. And then Redwood made me like JavaScript. So <laughs> here we are. Right. I, I, I feel like as, as a backend developer myself, like smack talking JavaScript is just a core part of our identity for, for a lot of us. Um, and, and so was it was it that accessibility of the code itself, of the community, of the documentation? Like, what was it that made it feel like this is sort of a framework or a tool that I want to be a part of? I would have to say it was a little bit of everything. Um, obviously, as a developer, when something is so easy to use and it's like, oh, run this command and everything you need is set up. It's like, okay, cool. That gets me going. And then just how easy it was to work with. And then, of course, the community and the docs, like the tutorial for Redwood was my favorite thing. In fact, I still tell everyone all the time, just do the tutorial. Even if you never use Redwood, just go through the tutorial to try it um, because it's just such a great form of document-driven design um, because that's kind of where they focused. It was, let's get this tutorial going and then go from there. Um, and I guess another another question I feel like people have a lot is, you know, a lot of people are interested in, in getting involved in open source projects and it feels like there's oftentimes a very high barrier to entry uh, for, for people who want to not just get involved, but make a meaningful contribution to a project. Do you have any advice or, or thoughts for people who are sort of interested in making their first sort of move into contributing to an open source project? Absolutely. Because um, that was definitely my thing. I was so afraid of like getting involved in open source because it's like, oh, what if people like, what if I don't understand what's going on? What if I get judged? What if people don't want my code? etc. Enlist all the imposter syndrome things that come up. Um, but with Redwood especially, it was my first contribution was just updating the docs. I had noticed a typo in the docs. So nothing is too small when it comes to open source. And I think just putting yourself out there and interacting with a community is a great start. Um, even if you don't even touch code, just 
being involved in following releases or just talking with community members. Um, I think that's a great way to at least get your foot in the door and see if it's even something you're interested in working on. Yeah. And I think, you know, embedded within that also is the, the idea that the community has to also want to be inclusive and, and want to sort of accept new members and, and sort of bring people. And it sounds like that's the case with Redwood, but is that something that, you know, is just an outcome of the personalities of, of the people who were sort of building the product from the beginning? Is that something that you've done intentionally as a team to sort of build that community and, and build that accepting environment? Like, how does that all come together? I think it's a little bit of both. I think the core team themselves is so willing to like get other people involved and want help from the community. Um, and then just by design, wanting to have it be so community driven, because the whole like, point is it's open source, right? And we want our, we love our contributors. Um, in fact, I think there's over 300 of them that contributed to the V1 release alone. So it's, yeah, it's, that's always kind of been the drive is come into Redwood, do the tutorial, join the community and anything else you want to do. We're, we're here for it. So yeah, I think it's, I think you do have to be intentional about making sure it is an inclusive community where people feel comfortable contributing. You know, their PRs aren't just ignored or abandoned. Um, their questions are left unanswered on say a forum or in Discord or wherever you're communicating with the team. Um, and I think that's one thing the Redwood community has done very well is be mindful of making sure people feel heard and listened to. And yeah, it's been a great, it's been a great community to be part of. So let's talk a little bit about Redwood itself. Um, can you give us a brief overview of Redwood? What is it? What sort of does it cover? And, and maybe how does it compare to some of the other tools or, or web frameworks that other people have, may have used? Sure. Um, Redwood is a fully integrated, end-to-end, production-ready, fully tested, just framework for people to go from side project to startup. And I know that's something that's been said a lot, but it is true. In fact, even during our launch week, we had a bunch of our founders that came on saying, what started off as just a trial run with Redwood, that's the code that's now in production. So even from very early stages, it was always intended to be this thing that gets you up and running as quickly as possible and allow you to get everything you need to just have a production ready app. So, you know, having storybook involved for being able to design your components in isolation, having testing support built in from the start. Like you generate a page, you get a storybook file and you get a test file ready to go. So it's meant to help you do all those pieces of software development without having to think about it. You know, you don't have to worry about setting up your backend. It's there for you ready to go, you know? Mm-hmm. And and as a software as a develop, developer at a startup, I, I guess it's kind of an occupational hazard that you set up a proof of concept and then a year later you're like, wow, that's been running in production for a year. Um, yeah. So definitely, definitely, I can see the appeal to having something that like tries to take a lot of the sort of bigger picture thinking and do that from the start for you. Um, right. Is is that what you feel like is the biggest differentiator between Redwood and, and some of the other f- um, frameworks that are out there for, for JavaScript? Or is there a way that you sort of, um, you know, would give people to compare between you and, and maybe some of the other tools in the space? Um, I think all tools have their place. You know, everyone builds their tool with their idea of what they need or what they want. In fact, we have people using, a diff- using Next.js with their Redwood API. So I think... I think Redwood has a great built-in solution for your end-to-end, um, but if you have needs that are not necessarily covered by Redwood, I think there's a place for everybody, right? Um, I always believe in more of a creator over competitor mindset where 
um, as I said, everyone has their place and, and what they do best. I think Redwood is a great, um, because it's opinionated and because it has its own way of integrating everything together and it's so tightly knit um, and works well, but it's also flexible enough to bring in other pieces that may work better for your particular implementation. Another thing I've noticed about Redwood is that um, you're very opportunistic of taking advantage of best-in-class tools within the JavaScript ecosystem. Apollo as a GraphQL client, Prisma for your database layer, Jest for testing, Storybook. Um, and that feels kind of in contrast to something like Django or Symfony in PHP, where a lot of those core components are sort of in-house and have, have shipped with the framework kind of forever. Can you talk a little bit about the philosophy behind that approach of, of being more modular and, and using more sort of open source components? Um, I would say that the key to that is because we want to give the flexibility to be able to switch out, like we said. In fact, now uh, Redwood V1 shipped with a, with uh, GraphQL Yoga um, rather than Apollo. So it's all about using the best tools. If Obviously, if you, the whole idea of open source is someone's doing it to the best of their ability. So why not take advantage of their knowledge and expertise? And Redwood has partnered with over, I think we have over 25 integrated partners from off to deployments to, you know, the whole end to end. Um, I think it it benefits us to use, to leverage other components because if something does become the next big thing, let's say, you learn, you can swap it out instead of it being, well, you fall behind because you have to focus on maintaining so much more, right? Instead of maintaining the, communication between these um, these uh, tools, you're focused more on maintaining the integration of these tools rather than keeping up with another tool, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it seems like, you know, you also are, are building strong relationships with these other projects and the maintainers of these projects. Um, is that something where you found that sort of people reach out to you and, and try to get connected with Redwood? Do you sort of reach out and proactively build those relationships with other creators and and other devs? Like how do those relationships get built? I'm sure it's a combo of both. Um, You know, coming into the project a little later on, there were already so many uh, integrated partners from the start. Um, But I think one of the key things of having these integrations that we do learn from each other. Um, You know, we have different areas of expertise. Um, In fact, I know we've done like, them helping us has helped them, right? Because we mm-hmm. it's that um, symbiotic kind of relationship. Um, are, are there any good stories of, of that that you can think of where like something about the design or, or what you've built has been sort of changed by an idea, an idea that came from one of your, your partners or, or one of these um, other devs? Um, I honestly don't know off the top of my head. I do know that that we've had like community driven um, like changes to even the framework um, and in the ways that um, we've chosen to implement features. I know that has stemmed from community. In fact, the reason a lot of our startups were were paramount in V1 release because it was them using the software and building what they were building that forced us to think of, well, how can we integrate what they're trying to do and make it easier for them? so yeah, community-driven as always <laughs> when it comes to Redwood. You mentioned Auth in those those uh, integration partnerships, and I know you work at at Auth Zero now. Is Redwood part of your day job there? Is it something you're doing completely on the side? 
Uh, it is something I'm doing on the side, but it's because of Redwood that I even found Auth0 because when, as I said, I was a .NET developer. And when I had started playing around with Redwood in the tutorial, I had seen, you know, Auth0 as an authentication provider. And it was around like early last year where I was thinking of doing a career change. And I actually applied for Auth0 and got the job there, becoming now a JavaScript developer after being a .NET developer for so long. Um, so it just goes to show how even just having those partners, it caused me to find a new, a new uh, career path in a way. So it, you know, that, that whole community thing now going to getting jobs for people. And, and I guess a good, a good argument for um, companies to get involved in open source, right? Because that's where talent comes from. And, and we're all sort of trying to solve the talent and, and growth problem right now. Um, Absolutely. So, the big news, what you're sort of here to tell us about, Redwood hit 1.0 earlier this spring. What does, I mean, you've been in, in production with a lot of your sort of early adopters for a while. So what does the 1.0 tag mean to you as someone working on the project? And what went into deciding that the framework was ready for that sort of like 1.0 stable release? Absolutely. Um, I think 1.0, the goal, obviously 1.0 means that is the original vision for all the components that you know, the team saw, especially the founders saw as what they wanted as part of Redwood. And 1.0 just means that now it has been fully tested. You know, there aren't going to be as many breaking changes, although I have to give kudos, the release notes for all the breaking changes from, I've been involved with Redwood since version 0.23. So it's, I've been around for quite a bit, but every release has had excellent release notes. And even when there were breaking changes, it was very rare that my apps were adversely affected. Um, but obviously by having 1.0, that means, hey, we can't be breaking things. You know, we can't, we have to kind of slow down a little bit and be more mindful of the changes we're making to ensure backwards compatibility and all that. Um, but I just think 1.0 is just proof that Redwood is in its state ready to go and be used by anybody and go to production. They could feel confident that their apps are going to be like working at the best that they need them to be. Were were there any sort of big features that come to mind that the team was like really waiting on before it was ready to to go for 1.0? Um, I know some of the things that got in near the end were I we released bare metal deploy, which allows you to um, deploy to your own servers. You know, typically mm -hmm. Redwood was working with providers like Netlify and Vercel and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. We're now as of 1.0, there's actually it's called bare metal, which is you can deploy to your own. Um, servers. I know that was a big one. I think even GraphQL Yoga got kind of, was getting close to the wire, um, but did make it to the 1.0 release. Um, those are some that I can think of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so now that you guys have, have hit 1.0, I guess, what's next? Um, I'm sure there's a huge amount to do around supporting launch, like uh, going on web development podcasts. But once that <laughs> dust has settled, um, where is is Redwood going next, and and do you think that's something that's sort of more driven by your vision, or or more driven by sort of what the community needs from the project? As always, a little bit of both. Um, shortly after the V1 release, uh, there's actually a forum post on the Redwood forum asking, "What do you guys want to see? Like now that we're in V1, what do you want for us to move forward? Because naturally, we're building this for people to." use right we want people to use it so we want to give them the features that they want to see um so there's a whole list being being created there um 
lots of feedback from both the core team and the community. In fact, it's funny when you see those those items align. You know, like I know internationalization is a big one that people are looking for. Um, uh, server-side rendering, I know, is a big one that, that people are kind of looking to see. So we'll see where it actually flushes out. But um, yeah, lots of lots of input from the community there, too. And do you see your sort of versioning strategy as, you know, that 1.0 tag being around for the long term and, and building incrementally? Or do you have a vision for 2.0, 3.0, sort of larger, more opinionated releases? Oh, I definitely think we'll see some opinionated releases. I, I, they've been joking about V2 already. Um, even during V1 launch week, I think the, the V2 uh, nomenclature was dropped. Um, so we'll see. I know, um, again, it comes down to what's needed and what, I and mean, we already hit 1.1 too. I mean, there's it's constantly moving and churning and uh, I could see us going to like two, three, uh, you know, dream big, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what has sort of participating in the whole process of sort of launching 1.0 of, of Redwood been like? Obviously, there's been a lot of community events, Q&As, publicity, um, like anything stand out from that experience? Um, I think for me, it was getting to really see, one, the community rally together to, to support the V1 launch, but also getting to hear from founders that built their products in Redwood and see those demoed. We had a whole startup showcase day um, that's actually on our YouTube channel. And it was just so fascinating to see all these amazing, amazing projects and the things people are building with Redwood. Um, like that was kind of like the bit like, like, wow, these are, I mean, over 19 million in funding has been uh, invested in Redwood startups um, in, over the past like seven months or so. So it's, it went to show how much bigger it was than I realized, you know, you're, when you're part of something, it's like, oh, we're, we're, you know, we know what we're doing, we know what we're building, but then to see it be so real and so, you know, in production with these amazing applications people are building, it's, it's just such a, it's inspiring to be part of. And I guess thinking of, thinking of being in production and, and releasing applications, um, another thing that really stood out to me sort of looking at your, your docs and playing around with Redwood is the delivery story. There's, as you mentioned, there's sort of first party integrations with Netlify, Vercel, serverless, um, to sort of make it really easy to configure and get Redwood into production or at least running somewhere that's not on your MacBook. Um, and that felt really different than experiences I've had in the past with other frameworks where it feels like this kind of big line of demarcation between like, here's some tools for writing the code that runs a web app. You go figure out what you're going to do with that. Like you put it on an EC2 instance with a load balancer and, and figure out how to serve the web app. Um, obviously, Redwood's taking a, a different approach. Can you talk a little bit about like why that's been such a big focus for you and what the sort of long-term vision for how you release Redwood apps is? Um, in terms of like why it was built that way, I think it's because I know I mentioned, I touched on this a little earlier, like even as, as a non-JavaScript developer trying to enter that realm, it was always so confusing. What do I use? What do I, you know, how do I configure this part? How do I configure this part? And now you've wasted all these hours just trying to get the base app built <laughs> to get ready to do something with it that you're like, okay, well now let me, let me actually start developing. Where I think Redwood wanted to take away all of that friction and just give you yes it's opinionated you know, some people have their opinions on um on that you know well i don't want to use that i want to use this 
fine, use what you want to use, you know, but I think having that opinionatedness helps you to get up and running faster, right? Because you don't have to think, well, now let me configure this thing. Let me configure this thing. Well, what do I pick for my database provider? What do I pick for my, where I'm going to deploy? You know, it just kind of lets you just build and, you know, get up and running so that you can actually do the fun part. Cause I don't know about you. I, uh, configuration is annoying. I don't want to have to deal with that all the time. You know, maybe sure. I'll set up my environment variables. I'll get my stuff going, my keys and all that, but I want to just write code. Um, so I think that's kind of the, the big thing about Redwood and what the goal was there. Yeah. And I guess thinking about how you talk about yourself as a framework for startups, like the enemy of an early startup is time. It's never what deployment provider you picked. Like if it's getting your idea into production in front of a user and like see what people are willing to spend their time on and, and pay for. And so it, it feels really sort of, you know, well aligned with your mission that you've made it such a part of the the core developer experience to just be able to release quickly and, and have your code out in the world. Another big announcement in, in Redwood land as part of this release was um, Tom Preston Warner wrote a blog post about committing a million dollars to Redwood over the next year and sort of had some really strong opinions about keeping the project self-funded instead of looking for VC backing. Um, and, and obviously, a million dollars is, is a lot of money, but not compared to the $100 million round we've <laughs> seen startups raise in the past couple of years. Um, so I'm curious from your perspective, you know, what's going to change about the project with, with this new funding and, and what do you want to stay the same? I think the idea is that I think the whole reason Tom wanted to do this funding himself, especially is so that we don't really have to change, right? Redwood can continue to be the open source community driven project that it is, but have that little extra to be able to market, go to conferences, do all the things that we need to do to really stand out and show Red, show what Redwood can do, um, which can be hard, obviously, to do on your own without funding. Um, but as he mentions in his blog post, when you are funded, it suddenly you go on this trajectory that's like really fast and really, you know, it's like sink or swim kind of thing, right? So I think the whole goal was to be able to let Redwood continue to be where it is and still grow and 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 get to those other great things that could be on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess growing slowly and, and sustainably like a Redwood in, in some ways. Yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> Along with uh, and, and along with that funding, he also announced a um, million dollar fund to invest in startups using Redwood with a focus on female founders and, and founders from historically underrepresented backgrounds in tech. Um, can you talk about sort of what that goal means to you and, and other members of the core team building Redwood? Um, I think it's, you know, typically in tech, especially, I, I think they joke about this all the time, that when you look at the founders of Redwood, it's classic Silicon Valley, right? So one of the big things with Redwood lately has been wanting to have a more diverse community, bring in founders from those underrepresented backgrounds. And I know Tom also has a special place in his heart for climate change. So I know he wants to focus on any st- startups that are going that route as well, especially obviously using Redwood. Um, and I think it's it's very important to the, to the community in general because we do recognize that, um, especially in open source, you don't always see those diverse communities. And we want to show that we are welcoming um, and that we do want people to succeed. And I think it's such a great way to show what Redwood can do and, and give back to the community that's helped build it, you know? 
yeah, that's that's really exciting to see. Um, and I guess in in classic Pod Rocket closing style, we usually like to ask a sort of really big zoomed out out question to close with. So uh, since you're representing a web framework, um, what's the future of web frameworks? Like, what's going to be different about how we build web applications five years from now than than what we're doing today? Honestly, I don't even know. I mean, everything's moving so fast as it is. Like you think of where things were even a year ago or two years ago to where they are now. I mean, I don't even know if we can predict it. Um, I think every day there's something new coming out that just revolutionizes the things we do now. Um, and hopefully Redwood can continue to integrate those amazing things. Um, so I don't, I don't even know if I could predict that. Um, there's just... I think everything's just too fast right now to really be able to see. Yeah, and and I, I really like your your connection between sort of how fast things are are changing and how quickly the the scene is moving to Redwood's philosophy of of essentially you know staying open minded and and being willing to sort of pull in new ideas and and new technology. I mean, I think that feels you know well aligned um, in terms of of what you know what the project is doing and and how it feels to be part of the JavaScript space right now. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, great. Well, anything else that you would like to um, point our listeners toward or, or that you're working on now that you want to plug? Um, well, as I mentioned, we have a few forum posts out there, communityredwoodjs.com. Um, regarding, you know, all kinds of things, how to's different, like we mentioned earlier about Next and Redwood, there, there's playbooks on how to do that. Like we're, we're always giving information to our community members there. Um, my big thing would be do the tutorial. If you haven't checked out Redwood before, run through the tutorial and join the community. Those are our big, our big things. Um, we'd love to have you um, and help you build great things. Awesome. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for, for joining us on Pod Rocket, and we'll see you online. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Pod Rocket. You can find us at Pod Rocket Pod on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.